Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to another episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Bryan, and I'm joined with a good friend of mine who happens to also be an author. And we we go back quite a few years. My friend's name is Chris Bollinger. Chris calls himself an average Joe Christian, but he likes to write for guys. So he's really into writing men's devotionals. This is kind of fascinating because when I knew Chris, he wasn't in this kind of business. He was working as a product manager. There was a time when he he spent close to 30 years working in the high tech industry, but then he wanted to help small churches coming alongside their, the, the, their pastors and leaders, but that venture didn't work out so well. Since then, he has been the executive producer of a film called The Song, which I'm going to ask him about, but then he decided to write a men's devotional. Now, Chris and I know each other fairly well because we spent two years together in a men's discipleship program called CLC back in, I believe, 2013. But to my knowledge, Chris, you were not an author then. You had not written any books. So just briefly introduce yourself to our audience. Who is Chris Bollinger and how did you become an author? (laughs) Well, really, uh, you mentioned CLC and and that is really what made me an author. So I'll, I'll give everybody a little backstory. So um, you and I met, yeah, I think it was 2012 or 2013, we got started with CLC. CLC now stands for Christ-led communities. It used to stand for something else, but it's it's a men's discipleship ministry that's been going on for, I think, 40 years now. Um, and the sales pitch for CLC was pretty tough back when we went through it because um, it was, they had one program, it was two years, it was two hours every week you got together, um, and there was a lot of work outside the meeting time. So I, <laughs> when when daily, I found out daily, about this- Daily homework, daily oh, homework. Oh, yeah, yeah, reading your Bible, memorizing 50 Bible verses, um, reading other books like Mere Christianity and um, books by Tozer and other great authors. Um but the sales pitch, I mean, when I heard it, I, I went to a meeting. I'm not sure if you were in the same meeting, but at Christ Community Chapel in Hudson, they had a meeting of men that might be interested in this. And they and they kind of laid out the program. <laughs> and I said, oh, my gosh, what a huge commitment. I mean, I'd never done anything close to this. I had done Bible studies in small groups, nothing like this. Um, but I was at a point in my life where, you know, I could count the number of close male friends who were Christians on like two fingers. You know, I just, I, I, I knew a lot of men. I went to church with a lot of men. I worked with a lot of men. I played tennis with a lot of men really did not connect with men at any kind of a level below surface level. And I, I will spell spare the audience, all the details, but suffice it to say that I, I was very wary of having close friendships with men. Um, I viewed men as competitors in the workplace and, um, 
just really didn't know how to be myself and to be open and, and honest with men. So then I decided to do CLC. Um, we started off the program by basically talking about ourselves. I think it was about an hour, an hour per guy. And, you know, when you start, when you have a group like this, you realize that, you know, guys are the same. I mean, we all have different issues and, you know, but I was intimidated by men until I got in this group. And I realized that, you know, men are just like me. They've got, they've got their strengths, their weaknesses, and we all need prayer and we all need each other. We need, we need Christ, but we also need the support and, and friendship of other men. So I went through CLC with you for two years and then I did a, they had just come out with a follow on program called uh, next step. So I don't think you did that, right? No, I was, I, I remember I moved out of town. Oh yeah. You, you went to Hawaii. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you were gone. So, um, like six of us did that next program and took us about three and a half years total between the two programs. And so in 2016, I found myself without CLC. We, we had, we had done all that they offered. <laughs> they, we had their two programs all done. Um, and I kind of went back to my, <laughs> yeah, graduated, right? We were CLC grads. And I, I kind of went back to my old ways where, you know, I wasn't reading my Bible every day and I, I wasn't hanging out with men and I was just kind of going back into my, my shell a little bit. And I said, well, let me, let me find a good devotional. Cause you know, I thought a devotional would kind of kickstart me and get me back into the word. And so I looked for a couple of months and I just couldn't find one that I really liked. I wanted something that was, um, that was encouraging. And I found that a lot of men's devotionals were more prescriptive, like, you know, do this, don't do this versus encouraging. And I, but I also wanted to be challenging because I, I like the challenge of CLC. So at the beginning, end of 2016, I said, well, I'll write a devotional. <laughs> How hard could it be? You know, and um, I discovered that it was actually very, very difficult. Um, but once I started doing it, um, I found two things. One, um, I never felt closer to God than when I was doing this. I mean, you know, sit down and and look at a pa- I, I I picked a bunch of encouraging passages from the Bible, and then I thought, well, what am I going to write about this passage? And just contemplating it and praying about it, um, I just felt really close to God. I mean, there were some days where, the words flowed freely. There were some days where they didn't come very quickly, but um, it was just a great experience for me personally. And I also found um, that I was getting back into the Bible. And about a third of the way into the project, I decided just to do Old Testament verses because um, I had done most of the devotionals. Most of the devotions that I had done to that point were Old Testament. So, um, and that became an interesting challenge because <laughs> I had read the New Testament quite a bit, but I really hadn't read a lot of the Old Testament. And I I was committed to having at least one passage from each Old Testament book. So the entire year 2017 was basically writing this book. And um, and a little later on, I'll talk about getting it published and and all that. You, start, you asked me about myself and I started talking about CLC in the book. Um, I, I do consider myself an average Joe when it comes to most things, including the Christian faith. I mean, I'm not a biblical scholar. I'm, you know, I've never had a staff position at a church. 
Um, I've been a Christian, you know, for as long as I can remember and, you know, rededicated myself, my life to Christ, uh, as an early adult. Um, but, um, I try to write for guys like me, you know, I, I try to write for guys who are kind of kicking tires on their faith. They're, they're kind of on the sidelines, if you will, if you want to use a sports analogy, where they know they should be doing more. They know they should be following Christ more closely, you know, being a better leader of the family, but they're just kind of hesitant to, to do that. So I, I write for guys like that because that's the way that I've been most of my adult life. And what I try to do is just encourage men that whether you look at men in the Bible or, you know, just people in their lives, um, most people are struggling in some ways. Um, and even the men of the Bible were just ordinary guys. I mean, God used them to do amazing things, but, um, you know, most of the disciples and most of most characters in the Bible were not extraordinary people. They were very ordinary people. And yes. so that's, that's what I try to do in my writings. I, I, I write devotionals. I write for some publications online. Um, and I, I do a podcast with another guy who is a, a CLC guy and just really enjoying telling other people's stories to point people to Christ and the work that he does in ordinary people's lives. That's awesome. Isn't it, isn't it amazing when you make a small decision, like when you made that decision to do that CLC program, like that was life-changing that puts you on a whole right. another direction. Yeah. Changed and my life. You, seriously. Had, had you yeah. been like, no, nah, not for me too, too big of a commitment, which I, by the way, I tried to recruit some of my friends to, to join our group <laughs> and I had the same roadblocks, like two years. I can't yeah. commit to a Bible study for two years. And, uh, but I'm so glad I did it. Um, it, it was, it was great because you really do realize that, um, because most men, if we're honest, are lonely. Like yep. we, we feel lonely because, because like you said, we are so competitive. Um, we're afraid to show that we're insecure and, and, and what's great about this group is 12 guys getting together for two years uh, on a weekly basis for two hours and just sharing our lives together. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really powerful. And I, I was, I was excited to join it, you know, because as, as a navigator staff, you know, I'm real big on disciple making and discipleship. And I, I kind of knew that this is going to be a great experience, but when I tried to recruit other guys to it, it was, it was challenging. It was hard, but I'm so glad you did it, Chris. So Chris, yeah, me too. Uh, you, you were in 27 years in the high tech industry you're a product manager. I'm just trying to get from the point where you were trying to find a good devotional. You couldn't find one. And then you just decide, I'm going to write a devotional. I mean, that's not usual. Right. So um, is, is some of that because you were a product manager? Like you, you just all of a sudden made this like your project? Yeah, a little bit of it is. I mean, um, I started off my uh, career, mostly for software companies. I started off as an engineer and I just, frankly, I just couldn't cut it as an engineer. I was an okay engineer, but I, I, I wasn't as good as most of the guys around me. And so I went back, got my, uh, MBA and 
uh, moved into product management. And I really liked it because it got me, and I'm naturally an introvert, it got me out in front of customers. So I had to, I had to overcome some fears in doing that. But um, the, the goal of the job is to find out what customers really need, not what they say they want, but what they really need. And then to go back to the development team and say, can we build this? People are asking for this. Can, can we build it? And can we build it in a way that's better than our competitors can offer? And I had the good fortune of working for some really good software companies. So usually our product was the best in the market for, you know, it was, it was niche um, computer stuff, but it was really um, for the businesses that we sold to, we, we had the best product in the market. And so I kind of had this mindset of um, find what people need, you know, fi find a need and then fill the need. That was really the the back half of my career. And then at the very end of my career, five of us left Cisco Systems, which um, made our wives kind of upset because we all had kind of cushy jobs working for Cisco, which is a big tech company based in Silicon Valley. And we were in Ohio doing Wi-Fi stuff. But there was no future in it in Cisco. So we started our own Wi-Fi company in Akron. And that was a great experience for me because then I really had to, you know, there were just five of us. Um, I really had to get to know the customers at an intimate level and really find out what they needed and what we could do to meet those needs. So um, when I left high tech, I still had this product management mindset. And so I think... The reason, one of the reasons that I wrote the book was I did see a need, you know, not only in me, you know, I, I couldn't find a devotional that I liked, but I figured if, if I can't find one, there's probably a lot of other guys out there that can't find one as well, because the devotional market, like the book market in general is primarily, um, products that are marketed to women. And even with men's devotionals, what most publishers do is they try to attract the wife. So she'll pick this up and she'll give it to her husband. Now the husband may say, thank you very much and put it on the shelf and never look at it, but they got a sale anyway. Right. So part of me wanted to offer something that men would want themselves and, and would actually read. Um, now, truth be told, a lot of my book sales have been to women because it's a very attractive book. My first book, Daily Strength for Men, it's got a beautiful uh, faux leather cover on it. You open it up, it's it's printed on very nice pages. It has a great look and feel. And so there, yeah, you're holding it up. So um, about half my sales have come on the inspirational reading racks that you'll see in a supermarket or a gas station. Uh, people have seen it on the Turnpike, uh, the Ohio Turnpike, um, you know, they're at uh, CVS. And so, you know, people will be looking for a gift for um, a husband or a son, and they'll they'll pick it up and give it as a gift. So I don't want to be smirch women buying books because that's great, you know, but um, I do think that that was the only bridge I can think of between my high tech job, which really did not involve much writing and never writing for individual people. It was always, you know, business to business with my transition to an author, I think it's that I was just trying to be a good product manager. Well, let me, let me say, you know, um, 
I have both of your books here. For somebody who didn't go to journalism school, you know, wasn't set out, you know, wasn't necessarily trying to become an author. These are excellent books. You did a great job. Um, I was just reading um, in the Daily Strength for Men. It starts out uh-huh. in Genesis, you know, chapter one, verse one, the first verse of the Bible. Um, I read I read the first couple days, you know, uh, what it means to be made in the image of God. You've got some great content there. And it seems like you do a good job just kind of grabbing some of the best content out there from from yeah, uh, I steal I steal from everybody. <laughs> well, and that's good because there's a lot yeah. of there's it's better that it's not just um you know many, many minds. Um originality is the art of forgetting your source. Right. Somebody 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 <laughs> told me that. That's very good. I've never heard that before. That's ex- that's excellent. So I can't remember who said that, so it must be original with me. <laughs> so you can say Greg Bryan said. Originality. Yeah, you should copyright that. <laughs> <laughs> um, how long does it take you to write a book? Um, the first one took me about a year. Um, it took me, which I think is that's pretty amazing. I mean, that is, I don't think that's normal to be able to. I mean, that's the three hundred sixty-five day devotional, right? You wrote that in one um, year. Well, my daughter, uh, my daughter Hope. I have two daughters. Um, my middle child. She writes uh, Christian fiction, and she can literally write a 300-page novel in like two weeks. I I can't do. I mean, it takes me a year to. I mean, yeah, it, it, I think a year is probably about average. I've talked to guys who have taken you know five six years to write a book, and then there are some guys who can write three or four a year. I, I the second book, Fifty Two Weeks of Strength for Men. Um, it's a little different format, so it's not a devotion every day or every other day. It's one per week. Um, that took me about six months. And the way that I write, I mean, I, I said that I steal from the best. I, again, going back to my days working as a product manager, um, I like doing research. I like reading stuff. I like I like getting online. I like seeing what different people say about something. And then I try to give a fresh perspective, even on stuff that I've read. So. Um, for my second book, I was looking at, um, I think it was patience as one of the topics. And um, the Kurt Warner movie came out after I wrote the book, but I think I had read something on it. And, you know, Kurt Warner's this famous story of a guy that, you know, he he played one good year of college football quarterback and then, you know, no pro team would look at him, ends up, I think, stocking shelves in a grocery store or something like that. And then, you know, the miracle story, he ends up playing for what was then the St. Louis Rams and goes to the Super Bowl, MVP of the Super Bowl, all in like one or two years. Fantastic story. But what I what I thought about was, um, you know, what about the guys who are very talented and never really get their shot? So I was reading this article, uh, I think it was Sports Illustrated or ESPN, about a guy that had been in the minor leagues of baseball for like 16, 17 years. And uh, at the time of the um, articles being written on him, he still hadn't made it to the majors. And so, you know, why does somebody continue to do that? And and I mean, you know, my stories are not always about Christians. And in this particular case, I don't know if he was a Christian or not, but the gospel, you know, the Bible just, it, it's, you see it 
in all these stories. I mean, and this guy said that he just loved, he, he, he was playing a kid's game as an adult and he just, the joy was in the journey for him. You know, he, he just, he saw, he saw God's handiwork in, in being allowed to do something like that, you know, even though he was just in the minors after the, after those stories, he ended up going to the majors, but I think he only came to bat like 12 times. And then that was it for, you know, it reminded me of field of dreams where the, the one guy, you know, um, who is a doctor in the movie, you know, he got called up to the majors once back in like the twenties or thirties and then never got to go to the plate, you know, and his line, you know, in the movie was, um, you know, somebody said how heartbreaking for you to never have gotten a chance to hit in the major leagues. And he said, he became a doctor and he said, no, the true heartbreak would have been if I hadn't become a doctor, you know, I hadn't saved people's lives. So I think a lot of times we get caught up in, where we want to go with life and we lose sight of where God wants to take us and enjoying where God has us, even if we're in a difficult place. I mean, God has, has us there for a reason. So I just, I just, I find stories like this. And if something strikes me as really just fascinating or moving, then I, I figure I should pass that along. And that's what I try to do. That's great. Um, Speaking of your second book, 52 Weeks of Strength for Men, I I was looking at um, your the topic of anger. Uh I thought that was really cool that you put that in there. It's pretty pretty early on in the book that you address men and their anger. And I love the the opening story is a little more lighthearted than what you just shared of, (laughs) uh, you know, Hulk and and uh thor um in 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 the movie ragarock which i love that movie by the way yeah yeah that, di- that dialogue between hulk and thor is great about how hulk <laughs> says i always get angry and uh but you do a great job just addressing you know uh the biblical perspective on anger and and uh um so the content i'm just i'm just really impressed with do you um Oh, how long did it take you to write the second book? I think it was about six months. I mean, um, the writing process ends up being really long because when you think you're done, <laughs> that's when it's just beginning because, you know, you have to proofread and it's it's helpful to have somebody else proofread. And then if you get the good fortune of having a publisher accept your manuscript, well, you may have to make a lot of changes to suit the publisher's needs. My first book, I'd never written one before. I had no idea what format I should use. So I ended up having to shorten almost every one of my devotions by like 30%. So I had to go and cut, cut, cut because it just didn't fit in the, on on the page. Um, And then the other funny thing was um, I thought it was a great idea because I love music. A really easy devotion for me to write would be to bring up a topic, you know, have a Bible verse, bring up a topic related to the verse. And then here's a song with great lyrics that applies to this particular passage. You can't do that. They're all copyrighted. (laughs) Uh... So I had literally, I had like 20 of my devotions in the first book that were just basically very little of Chris's input and then long song lyrics. And And the publisher said, um, you have to you have to change all of it. I had to rewrite all of them. So 
Um, so that's why I think I, I was done with the original draft of Daily Strength for Men in about seven or eight months, but then rewriting a lot of it. And then I had a deadline. So that became pretty challenging to, you know, when you've got a, when you've got the, when the clock's running and you've got to get stuff done, it's, it's difficult, but I, I've, I enjoyed it in some ways because it really kept me sharp in terms of, you know, okay, I've got to make it fit and I've got to be crisp and clear in what I'm writing. So, but truth be told, I'd rather not have a deadline hanging over my head, <laughs> have a so little more time. Does, does writing energize you or exhaust you? Um, I think that for the most part, it energizes me, especially when I have time, you know, if I, if I'm sitting down and I'm, you know, just in the early stages of writing a book, then I'm having a ton of fun because I'm, I'm researching stuff. I'm saying, oh yeah, I can use this here. And I'm kind of slotting stuff and putting it on the schedule late in the game or during the editing process. I think it exhausts me just because, um, you've got to just you've got to read very, very carefully to try to catch errors. And I'm terrible at reading my own stuff. And after a while, I don't want to read it anymore. <laughs> I yeah. wrote it and I've read it like 10 times. I don't read it anymore. So I, I failed to catch a lot of typos in the second book um, until very, very late. Okay. So here's a question for you. So what was one of the most surprising things you learned in creating your books? Um, I would say, I don't know if it's surprising so much, but I, I have, I try to be very thoughtful, um, mostly because I'm hiding behind other people and other, I don't think people really care what I think for the most part. I mean, who am I? I'm, I'm just some unknown guy who, you know, spends half the year in Ohio and half the year in Florida. So I, I try to be very balanced in what I present. I want it to be, you know, biblically styled, but I also want it to be engaging for the reader. And I want the reader to think. Um, and so um, I think what has surprised me quite a bit is how difficult it is to write questions at the end of a devotion. Because mm. I always, CLC taught me that. I mean, you know, the best thing about CLC is that you get questions and you have a discussion. And I think you learn a lot by really grappling with questions. So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to write questions because you have to kind of reopen the whole thought process and say, okay, if I were reading this, you know, what would I want to be challenged with or, or what might draw more out of this content with a question? Um, but what I guess surprised me the most is how tough it is to answer your own questions. So I wrote all the questions for Daily Strength for Men, and there's questions in 52 weeks as well. But then my wife and I were looking for a couple's devotional, and I said, well, let's let's just do mine. We couldn't find one that we like, so we'll just do mine. It's written for men, but we can do it as a couple. So now I had to answer my own questions in front of my <laughs> wife. <laughs> That was very, very difficult in many cases, just because, I, I mean, I had the luxury of not have really having to answer them when I wrote them. Oh, this will be a tough one. I'll, I'll, I'll make guys answer this one. Now I have to answer it. Um, so I would say that um, that was a bit surprising, but it was rewarding in a way because 
I, my wife and I, you know, she's, she's a, a good critic, you know, she and I'll read something that I've written and, and we'll kind of laugh about it because, you know, it sounded different when I wrote it, but there were some questions that were just ended up, I thought were kind of stupid questions that I had in there. So we'd laugh about the stupid ones, but then we'd encounter a question that was really thought provoking. And I think that was kind of surprising how much you could get out of a single question that was at the end of a devotion and a couple of Bible passages. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace. And on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace. See you next time.